So we are, um, as we said yesterday, we are starting today, Be'ez HaShem, to go through the actual mitzvahs, to understand exactly what they are, and uh, go through the mitzvah of Kibbut and the mitzvah of Moira. Right, we said yesterday, and we explained this in a little bit of detail, but I want to explain it a little bit better now, because obviously now I want to go through the actual halachas. And we mentioned that there are two mitzvahs, two ikah mitzvahs, and... Um, in Kibbut of Aim, and that is covered, and that is Moira, we, we brought down the Psukim, and Sarah Sadibra says Kabed S, and the Torah also says Ish Imoi Va'oviv Tiro. By the way, any of you that are thinking about the parasha, this week's parasha happens to be talking about the midst of Kibbut of Aim, parasha's Kedoshim, Achwemo's Kedoshim this week, so it's a very important, um, it's a very important mitzvah to learn the whole year, but specifically this year as well. And those are the two uh, categories that we split up many of the halachas. In other words, some halachas fall under the category of covered, and some fall under the category of moira. We explained yesterday ha'orah from the Heilig Ha'orah HaShulchan, that he explained that what it is to understand the difference between covered and moira is that honor is a positive action. Something I positively do, which we will explain. Moira is that which I do not do. In other words, something that I could do, but I don't do out of respect for my parents, out of really, really, maybe more um, accurately, out of fear for my parents, I don't do. And therefore, those are the two categories that we have to explain. I just want to give you a little bit of a heads up. Apart from discussing the Indian of COVID and Oinik, I want to just give you a couple of ideas of what we're going to be discussing. Uh, apart from just that, first of all, there's an interesting question about married kids. When you get married, or when you get married to a woman, does she have a chiv now in Kibbutz of Aim, or does she have, you know, have a chiv to you? Uh, what about priority between parents, father, mother, and so on and so forth? What if one of your parents are not well? Uh, one of them, let's say, are mentally ill. Like what happens in such a case? Like who do you, uh, who do you? What happens in such a case like that? And there are many other situations as well. I want to discuss. For example, what happens if your parent tells you to do something that's osa? What if Lalene Rahman Islam? We should never know. But a parent is you know left the world, and uh, is there a din of kibbutz of aim after they leave the world? And many other different halachas that we'll get to. So. I want to split up today. Today we're going to discuss the Indian of Moira. We're going to do Kibbutz of Aim in the Sugi of Moira, of fearing our parents. And we're going to split it up into three categories. It's pretty much going in the Seder of Shulchan Aruch. So any of you that have a Shulchan Aruch in front of you, Yeridea, Simon, Reish, Mem, probably could die to look it up, because it's great to see exactly what we're referring to when we go to it. And uh, we'll split it up into three sections. Section number one is not sitting in their place. Section number two will be not contradicting them, and that's a very, very big one. We'll have to understand that on a very deep level, because we have conversations with our parents the whole time, and we have to know how to deal with them in a speech manner. And number three, not calling them by their name. Okay, so those are the three that I want to go through. All of them come from the Gemara. We'll just mention the Gemara just for the moment, and then we'll go to the Aloha and Amaisa. We'll try to speak out some of the Shalas. I do want to mention as well, I didn't mention this previously, that if any of you have a Kasha, if there are any questions that you have, I don't know exactly how it works on Zoom, but I think you could put up a hand, either like put up a hand or that little face 
face, hand, I don't know what it looks like, whatever. Put up a hand, I will try to get to a question. If you have a specific question about what I'm saying, something you don't understand, you can actually write it down on the group chat over here. I can see on the side, the Zoom group chat. This way I can see what notes you guys are passing one to the other as well, which is also very, very entertaining sometimes. But you can ask questions over there as well with pleasure. So, I'm going to begin like this. The Gemara tells us, which we're going to learn very soon as well, the Gemara says in Kiddushin, Dafalam, and Aleph, Omad, Base. The Gemara says, Ezu Moira, Ve'ezu Kibbut. Moira says the Gemara, Loi Oimed Bim Koimoi, Veloi Yoshev Bim Koimoi. Do not sit and do not stand in their place. That's the very first thing that the Gemara says. I do want to uh, quote to you the Lashon of the Shulchan Aruch, because again, it's just Kedai. You know, when you're learning Kibbut of Aim, not all Alochas could you do this for. You know, you guys are probably used to me and I by Hilcha Shabbos. I generally don't, like, open up Shulchan Aruch and, like, go through Shulchan Aruch seat by seat. But, you know, that's because in Hilcha Shabbos, and many other halachas, there, there's like a variety of things going on. You have to know the derises, the rabbonons, the xeras, and you have to put it all together. When it's over here in Kibbut of Aim, it's actually very, very beautiful, and it's written in a very, very simple manner that we can understand it in a very simple way. So, it's actually Sif base. Until now, we've been discussing a lot of Sif Aleph, which was Sorek Lezoim Oid. Now we're holding a Sif Beis. That means you're not allowed to stand or sit in the place that is Meyuchot for your parents, your mother or your father. And we'll try to define this on a more practical level. But your mother or your father have a specific seat a specific uh, place where they stand by the window. That is the place, everyone knows, that's mum's place where she, you know, does her phone calls. So that is their specific place. You know, I just, this is a small hakdoma, which we've done already. I just want to mention again, you know, when we're going to learn these halachas are not sitting in their places and contradicting them and saying certain things, you know, it sounds like, oh my gosh, this is very machmeh. Like, where is this coming from? It's just a matter of the lack of sensitivity. We grew up where everything goes, whatever you want, say whatever you want, do whatever you want. We're living in 2020 where you can, you know, freedom of speech. But as we learned on Pesach, we learned that freedom, as we mentioned then, freedom isn't the ability to do whatever you want. It's the ability to do what's right. And that's basically Kibbut of Aim and many halachas carry with that with the same idea. And that is sometimes we just grew up without the sensitivity. And all of a sudden you learn it, you're like, well, don't be stupid. Come on, that's ridiculous. That's completely crazy. You know, I hear this all the time from other things. But like, in Kibbut of Aim, you're gonna, you're gonna, we're going to get to halachas that will be like, what, seriously? I have to ask permission from my father when I drive the car? How does this make sense? Right, but again, it's just a lack of sensitivity. So let's go number one. Standing in his place, or sitting in his place, that is meyuchet for him. So what does this mean? Basically means that if a father or mother has a specific uh, seat then it's a problem. What's the reason? What's the issa? What's the problem with sitting on your father or mother's seat? Mabaya. What's the tamadova? What is the problem with doing this? So, there's a lavush. The lavush over here explains, you know, the reason is, because when you sit in your father's seat, and again, this is not, as I said, it's a seat that is meyuchet for your father. This is your father's chair. Nobody sits on this chair. This is, his, let's say, his chair in his office, his chair in his study, the chair in the, in the corner that he learns with his chavrusa. Nobody else sits there. This is your father's chair. Says the lavush, when you sit on your father's chair, you're making yourself an equal to your father. And that's not right. We're not an equal to your father. Your father might be a friend, but he is your father. And therefore, to make him an equal, that's wrong. And that's why, says the Lavush, this halacha applies even Shalai Bafonov. It's not only when your father's in the room and you sit on the chair, hey, chutzpah, disrespect. No. Even when your father's not even there, it's disrespectful because you 
on making yourself equal. That says the Lavush is the reason for this Issa over here. Now, a uh, couple of halachas. So again, a place in shul, a place in the house, a place where he sits during meetings. It doesn't make a difference. Um, that, that, that is going to be also in that, in, in that case. Now, if there's a place where your father sits and you stand in that place, that's mutter. That's okay. Let's, for example, for some reason, your father has a seat and you're going to stand there. I'm not going to sit there. I'll stand by, for example, your father has a desk. And he's got a, a study, a desk of Sforim and all sorts of things. And you're not going to sit in his chair, but you want to stand by the desk, look at the Sforim, look at whatever. <coughs> that's no problem. That's not a problem because that's his seat. You're not going in his seat, and therefore there's no problem to do that whatsoever. That is absolutely fine uh, without any... What, what about another question? What about, for example, and again, I'm willing to take any questions that you guys may have. Just write it in on the chat. I'll try to get to it. But I think we're going to get to a lot of the questions right now. Um... The question is, you know, what happens, for example, what does it mean it's your father's seat? How long does it have to be your father's seat for it to be considered his seat? And now you can no longer do that already. So the price can say it's very hard to give an exact amount. You know, imagine he buys, he buys a brand new J, selling it once. Oh, that's it, you can't sell it anymore? How, how does it work? So again, Indian, it all depends really on the situation. You have to tie up the mats of yourself to figure out, is this really considered to be your father's seat that's miyuchot for him or not? <coughs> what about Another example that the post can bring, that what if you are, let's say it's the toivas your father to sit on his seat. Let's say, for example, your father has a shop. We'll talk about there's another Indian influence over that. Your father has a shop and the, the, the seat of the, your father's job is sitting by the till, by the cashier taking in the money. Your father asked you, could you please, you know, you know, to help me out. Could you, could you, could you work for me today? I have to go out. So he said, sure, no problem. So are you allowed to send that seat? I, it's your father's seat. That is your father's job. That's what he does. He sits by the cashier in the store and he takes the money. But since he wants you to do that, and that's the way, the only way to do it, then there's no problem whatsoever because you're just filling his uh, uh, workload and therefore that is not a problem whatsoever. <clears throat> what, and it's the same example if there's only one seat. What if there is only one seat? For example, in, in, I don't know, for example, in his, in his, he has a store. He has a shop. And in that shop, there's one chair. There's only space for one chair. And he goes out and you sit in that chair. There's no problem. I'll give you another example. What about your father's car? Your father has a car. He doesn't mind you drive the car. Obviously, I ask permission. You ask permission. You said no problem. You can drive the car. Do you have to ask permission to sit in a seat? It's his car. So if it's his car, it's his seat. So how are you allowed to sit in a seat? So the answer is, say the poskim, that whenever you have a situation where there is only one seat, then it, then there's no problem. In other words, like this. The longness over here is, kibbutz of aim is a problem when you're sitting on a seat, is when I have a bunch of chairs, and you're sitting on this chair. Oh, you make yourself equal to your father. But if there is only one chair, for example, in the case of a car, there's only one driver's seat, <coughs> then it doesn't look like you're being mazelzel, or you're making yourself equal to your father, and therefore in that case there'll be no problem. Okay, moving on. Moving on. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, um, okay. What if you want to stand on your father's chair? For example, your father has a chair in the room, in the office, in the study, and you want to stand on it to get a safer that's on the top shelf that, you know, you want to get. So then there's no problem with that whatsoever because you're standing on his seat and you're not sitting on anything, and therefore there is no problem with that whatsoever. That's fine. That's our pietas and the shach that says mutalamoid b'mokim amiyuchot, and therefore standing on the chair would be considered to do that as well. For there's no problem. I'll tell you another thing as well. I don't know how many people know this. The Beis Yosef brings b'shem the orches chaim. 
And he says over here that you're not allowed to sit next to your father without someone in between. Now, where does he get this from? Where, where, where is this coming from? Coming from left field, as they call it in America. It comes from Shmuel Aleph. Now, in Shmuel Aleph, it's brought down in Perik Aleph Chof. Uh, Rashi says, every single day, David would sit between Shol and Yonason, because it's not the day for a son to sit right next to his father. But since David right now didn't come to the Suda, therefore Yonason didn't have to sit there until Avner came on uh, in, in, uh, next to Shol, and therefore Yonason sat, sat next to Avner. Whatever, I'm not going through all the Cheshbonis of where that comes from, but our component of the Beis brings from the Orchus that is not covered for a son to sit next to a father as if we're like, we're, we're like equals. That's wrong. However, I will tell you, <coughs> it's come up Mufurish in the Taz, in Simon Reishim and Dalitzik gotten tests, that the Minig is to be Makel, and basically no one is Machmer in that, and there's absolutely no problem with that whatsoever. That's absolutely fine. There is another thing I found as well in the Svar Makdoshim of Vosna in Sheva Talevi, as a Chuvan Chede Bey Simon Kufiyan Aleph, he brings a Meiri in Kedushin Laman Aleph on the base, that says you're not allowed to walk in front of your father. Right? It's not covered. You're walking in front of your father. Your father is going and you zoom ahead of him, whatever it is, because you want to get to shul first or whatever. You have a problem. Right? Lemaisa, the post can say, the minute is to be makel. And in fact, the Aruch HaShulchan says this Mufurish and Sif Memdalad over here in Reish Mem. He says it's only by a Rebbe. Only by a Rebbe do we find there's an Indian of walking in front of your Rebbe. But your father, we don't find Lo, lo Shamanu, Lo Re'inu. People are generally makel and therefore it is okay. Now, another thing. What about in the shul? I see there's a question. I'm going to get to that question in a moment. Um, what about in the shul? <clears throat> so a lot of poets can hold that even if the father's not there, what's the difference? But most poets can say that in the case of shul, your father would rather that you sit in a normal seat, even if it's his seat, and therefore he's not marked for a person to sit there, and therefore it's okay to sit in your father's seat. There's no problem. I will tell you as well, that Revel Yashiv Zatzal and Chacham Ben Silabashor bring down that you're allowed to actually sleep on your father's bed. Right? For whatever reason, let's say, I don't know what happened, whatever happened, happened. But you want to sleep on your father's bed, there is no problem with doing that. It's only a check, because I was covered, but sleeping on the bed, Revel Yashiv Tainet, there is no problem with sleeping in the bed. What happens, for example, if um, your father, uh, let's say you yeah, go to a shul, and your father doesn't daven all the tefillahs there. He daven shachris there, but not mencha, or something similar to that. The post can still say it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference. Mice again, but mokim tzorich, there's a mokim to be mekel, and sit on your father's seat in shul, if you know clearly that he's not makpid. Generally, they're not makpid, then you can be mekel. I see that we have a question over here. Am I allowed to ask, ask, I assume that means, for permission to sit in the seat? So it's a general question, and it's a question that we're going to get with more with at the end, and I'll tell you why I want to deal with it more at the end. The reason I want to deal with it more at the end is because it's a general question that once we learn all the halachas, it will then be easier for us to know, can a father be moichel on his covet? In other words, can the father say, it's fine, you can do whatever you want? Does he have the right to do that? And does, if he does it, does it work or not? Now, in a case over here, when it comes to a chair, then absolutely he can. Although we'll get to that in a little bit more detail, so I'd rather get to that a little bit later, but yeah, generally it works. Um, the question is, Hashkofa already now, is should a father do that? Should a father be mavatal everything that his son does to him, and basically say, you can do whatever you want, you can sit wherever you want, it's fine. 
Ahashkofekli should have father do that, or should he allow something to remain of Kibber of Aim, um, even if not all of them do, at least something. That's, that's, that's another Shaila that, sh- again, we'll try to get to them a little bit longer later on. Let's move on. So that is number one in all the halachas in sitting in his chair. Let's move on to number two. And this one, Lanias uh, Daiti, is a little bit more difficult. It's more difficult because we deal with our parents, we interact with our parents very, very often. And it's important for us to, um, you know, to get this correct. And I, I just got a message right now that we actually have a father listening in right now. So, Baruch uh, Hashem, I'm sure he's getting nachas that we're teaching his uh, kids these halachas because every parent wants their kids to know these things. They just didn't have the guts to tell it themselves. You've got to do this because of kibbutz of aim. Now the kids have to know it. Baruch Hashem, it's kavaldik. But I'll tell you this kavaldik gemara, which starts of this halacha. Gemara kedushin amalalaf on base. Tonu rabbonon. Ezeh Moira, again, second time the Gemara says, what is considered to be Moira? What's fearing your parent? Loisoisa es dvarov, number one, do not contradict that which he says. And number two, don't be machuya. Machuya means to decide. Who are you to decide that which your father said? The Shulchan Aruch brings this again. This is in Sif base. Eze Moira loisoisa es dvarov, loimachuya es dvarov, befonov. Can you imagine? <coughs> Excuse me, your father comes home and says a machlokes that they were, they were discussing in shul about, I don't know whether it's, we'll talk about Torah in a moment, but stump, some news item. He was saying, you know, he said the numbers are this way, and I told him, no way, it's not more than 50%. And you turn around to your father and says, I think you're right. You were just over on an Issa. You are just over on an Issa. You are machuia that your father is correct. Who are you to decide such a thing? Who are you? That's what is going on over here. So again, it takes a little bit of sensitivity to understand, but we're going to have to learn how to, you know, deal with our parents slightly differently after we learn these halachas, especially after learning in the beginning, you know, two days ago on, on Sunday when we discussed the details of how chosh these halachas are. But number one, a person is never allowed to contradict his person, uh, father or mother. A person is not allowed to argue with his parent in any way. A person is not allowed to agree with his father and say, I agree with your father or the other person. It doesn't make a difference. Right? You can't even say, my father is correct. And the reason for this is, again, same idea as sitting on the chair. It looks like that you are on the same level, on the same sort of equal as your father to have a right to say, yeah, you're right. It's almost like, you know, you know, you know, we'll take this example because I think we can all understand this. You know, we can understand this. Imagine there's a machoikus between Rabbi Chaim Kenevsky and, uh, and, uh, and uh, I don't know, uh, one of the other Gedolei Paiskim. Right, there's a machoikus. You come along and say, I think he's right. Who, who do you think you are? <laughs> you know the difference? You know all the stodim? You know what's going on? You could say, he's my brother, I'll go with him. That's fine. But you can't, you know, to be machria basically means you're a contemporary, you're on the same madriga. You can't do that with your parent, and if you're not allowed to say my father is even right, because that is wrong. What you could say is I have a proof to what my father said. My father comes along and says 50%. I say, oh, I just saw the news like that. Oh, that you could say. I could, I could add to that. That's no problem. I'll tell you something you can't say. Imagine your father comes home and says a story. Oh, you know, I heard, I heard in the mikvah. No, not the mikvah. I'm not going to mikvahs. But I'm talking about, you know, I heard in the mikvah. I heard, I heard a, a, a maisa. And you're like, no, no, no. Never happened like that. I'll tell you how it happened. You can't do such a thing. You're not allowed to do such a thing. It's also to do such a thing in that case. Your mother's saying a story. You can't say, you can't say, no, that's not what happened. It happened differently. You're not allowed to do that. 
Right? You're not even allowed to say, this is a hard one. You, you, you come, you come downstairs and you, you know, your mum says to you, who ate the last schnitzel? Was that you? No, it was not me. You just, you just contradicted that. You can't do that. You can't do that. You have to know how to deal with it. And I think Abu Zuka was asking this yesterday. Exactly how do we do it? Right? We have to understand how do we answer our parents? Um, or for example, let's say your father says to you, do me a favor, look over this paper for the English corrections. I don't know. I want to see if I made you know, any mistakes. You know, like, oh, I see you made a mistake over there. You can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. All of these things are problematic for a person to contradict or to be machria in any way, shape or form to make sure that that doesn't happen. I saw, I saw, uh, Nissen Karelitz, Zatzal and Chutshoni brings down an interesting thing. He says, if the, um, if the parent asks a child to do something and the child answers back that he doesn't want to do it in, in a chutzpah way, or he basically ignores the parent and makes out, I don't hear anything. You know, it's what we call selective hearing. Or anything similar to that. Says the Ramnissen Karelet Zatzal, Ein lechastiras of That's the worst type you could do. That's terrible. That's really, really, really bad. What about Legabek Torah? When it comes to Torah, so again, if, if your father comes home and says, you're allowed to use baby wipes, so all you guys know, then you, this already you have to know, right? Chal Shabbos, you don't have to listen to him, right? Because your father also is a chid to listen to the Rabbani Shalom. But if you're learning together, you're sitting, Baruch Hashem, you're in quarantine, you're sitting and learning with Dad, a Gemara, a Mishtabura, a Chomish, a Mechtav Melio, whatever it may be, and he says one pshat, and you say a different pshat, that you're allowed to do. Because that's the derech of Torah. The derech of Torah is you schmooze, you fight one to the other, that's not a problem. But to argue with him and say, you're wrong, that psak is wrong, that's not correct, that, that's a problem. The way to do it, obviously, as we know is, is to say in a way that not contradicting them, and not showing them that they're wrong, but just basically asking it in a, retort, in a question sort of manner of, oh, I remember hearing slightly differently. Now, I haven't contradicted my father. I didn't contradict my mother. I remember hearing the story that it was 40%, not 50%. I remember hearing the story that it was Muta whatever it may be. We have to learn how to do it to make sure that it's done in a correct and respectful manner. Chacham in Yalkut Yosef brings down that interrupting your parent while they're talking. Right? They're talking. They're talking on the phone. They're talking to you. They're talking to somebody else. And you interrupt them. Same thing. You're being Saisa Tvarov. It's a terrible thing. And again, Rabbi Sa, you know, again, it just takes a little bit of sensitivity for us to try to make sure that we know how to do these things because that's very, very important. Okay. So that is, and any questions based on that? I don't think so. That's Gavaldi. Okay. That's number two on the list. Number three on the list we said was, and this is the last one that we'll manage to do for today, and tomorrow we'll get to the more Nogea things, I mean, this is also Nogea, all of this is Nogea, but many, many, many more practical examples are in the Kibbut, as opposed to the Maira. And that's the Gemara in Kedushin Lamanala from a base, where the Gemara says, Tana Rabbanon, Chocha Mishnah Shem Oviv V'Shem Rabboi, Ma Barav Ashi Kehavi Dorish Papirke, Iyu Oma Abba Moiri V'Amare Oma Hochi Oma Rav Ashi. In other words, what we come from here in the Rambam learns is in Hilchas Mamorim Alocha Gimel, do not call your father by his name. That's not how you call your father, and you don't call your mother by her name. Right, so what do you do? So that's what the question is. How do you, how do you deal with calling your, your, your parents? So obviously you can't call your, cha- your, your parent by their first name, as a Dover Posh, whether they're there or whether they're not there. It doesn't make a difference whether they're in present or not present. A person should say, my father, my mother, Abba, whatever it is that you call it. If, for example, and this is a common question, by the way, um, 
the Steich Hamed brings many, many rise to this, this Mamash Issa and the reason why calling your father by his name, or mother by their name, is a problem, it's a zilzul in the covered, and therefore it's a problem of Moira, and even Shalai B'fanov, that's why even Shalai B'fanov is Asa, and therefore a person has to be careful in that case. The question is, if you add a name, what should you do? And that's the obvious thing that we do when a Gabai comes over to you and he wants to give you an Aliyah, and says, what's your name? Or he wants to give your father an Aliyah. He says, what's your dad's name? So obviously you never call your father, even for that, when you're not calling your father, you don't call your father by his name, but what you can say is, my name is um, um, Moshe Ben, Cha- ben Reb Chaim. Right, Reb, you add the Reb before, that's an open of covered, and that is fine. By the way, the post can say even writing should generally not be done. For example, you're writing, someone asks you for your father's name on, on a text or whatever, on an email, that's also problematic, unless it's in a form, like an application form, right, which is quite nagaya. You have an application form, it says, what's your name, what's your father's name, what's your mother's name, how you like to write their name. So there, the post can say, there's no problem with writing there over there, because it's, it's simply that everyone understands you're doing it to fill in the form, and not doing it as, uh, not getting into covered. And you also have to be careful of calling someone else that has the same name as your parent in the presence of your parent. So, for example, if your father's name is Chaim, and you have a friend called Chaim, and he's in your house, and you say, Chaim, Chaim, you can't do that. Even if that, you don't mean your father, you mean your friend Chaim, that doesn't make a difference. So you're going to have to figure out to change the name in that way to make sure that he doesn't, um, he doesn't get embarrassed or doesn't, doesn't, do, doesn't do that in any other way of doing that. Um... What else are we doing over here? Again, it's the same idea. Zilzun the covered is making sure that the parent knows that you're not calling the child, uh, the child is not calling their, their name. But again, if it's clearly that you're not calling uh, a, a parent, for example, a person's name, a person's father's name is Chaim. And father's name is Chaim. And they're learning Torah. And they're learning something. And in the middle of learning, they're saying, Kegoin Chaim. Right? Even if the father's in the room, is no problem, right? Because it's clear that I'm learning from a cipher. And never, that's no problem to do that. And never, all of those situations, a person has to be watching out. So again, just to sum up, the three major things that we discussed today are the union of Moira, of your father. And that is number one, sitting and standing in his place. That's Miyuchot for him. Contradicting him. Or... Uh, being Machria, deciding for him, or calling in his name. Tomorrow, Be'ezus Hashem, we are going to start at the next sugya, which is going to be the sugya of Kibud, and Kibud discusses how to speak in a different way. A lot of the things that we said today, or maybe didn't mention 100% today, we're going to discuss Be'ezus Hashem tomorrow. Uh, and real actions, action, how to actually machabed your parents with the things that they need. Um, I'll give you one example. Aaron's joining us, Baruch Hashem, thank you for joining us. But um, I'll give you just one example when it comes to Kibbutz Aim. If your father asks you for a cup of water, so it's pretty obvious that you have a Chib to get him a cup of water. What if you know that he needs it, but, you know, he didn't ask you for it? So do you, you get the same mitzvah, or is it only when you know he actually, when he's asking, or let's say he doesn't even need it, do you still get a mitzvah if you try? All these sorts of things, standing up, we'll have to discuss Barichas, waking up parents, all these sorts of things, choosing where to live. Very big kasha. Someone recently was dunning this shayla about if they're allowed to move to Eretz Yisrael or no. The parents want you to live together with them. That's going to be a shayla that we'll get to when we discuss the mitzvah of Kibbutz. Uh, Be'ez Hashem tomorrow. A great all of you. Okay.